Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number two of Genesis chapter two, and we're continuing to read the first three verses. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. I'll stop reading there. God is already at the very beginning of the creation of the world, instituting the seventh day Sabbath rest. God is using his own work in creation as the historical, um, Document or as the historical record of why the Sabbath ought to be observed. God worked six days, then God rested. Therefore, from the very beginning of the creation of the world, God has instituted the seventh day Sabbath. And for thousands of years, for over 11,000 years. Actually, we know exactly how long the seventh-day Sabbath was active and to uh, be observed as the Lord created the world in the year 11,013 B.C. And all throughout the Old Testament side of the cross until The coming of Christ, and not only the coming of Christ, but until the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross in 33 AD, the seventh day Sabbath was active. It it was uh, in observance for over 11,045 years. And then once Jesus went to the cross, and and he died on the cross and then was in the tomb. Uh, what does the Bible tell us? That he rose early Sunday morning. And God uh, tells us that it was in the end of the Sabbath as it began to dawn toward the first of the Sabbaths. The, the Old Testament Sabbath had concluded, come to an end, and early Sunday morning in that day, long ago in 33 AD, was the first of the New Testament Sabbaths. The Sunday uh, Sabbath was uh, to take effect and has been in effect ever since as God made change of the Sabbath day. But But in doing so, he maintain Sabbath from the very beginning of the creation 
as as a, a day in, out, out of each week all the way through to the end of the world because the Sabbath day just changed. And of course, the focus of the Sabbath also changed when God changed it from Saturday, the day of rest, the seventh day rest, to Sunday, the, the day of intense spiritual activity because Christ had gone to the cross and now it was time to carry the gospel out into the world and and so the the sabbath reflected the change let's look at what the bible says of course there's many verses we could go to let uh let's first go to exodus 20 and one of the 10 commandments concerns the sabbath day in exodus 20 verse 8 it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The word translated as Sabbath here in Exodus 20 in uh, verse 8 and, and in many other places is 7676 in Strong's Hebrew Concordance. And it's a related word to the word rest that we have in our verse in Genesis. Our verse um, or the, the Hebrew word translated as rest, is 7673, and you would pronounce it Sabbath. And 7676, translated as Sabbath, is um, uh, very closely related in spelling, and uh, you can almost um, not tell the difference in the way it's pronounced, Sabbath. It, it's pronounced almost almost the same. And it is um, this rest that God instituted. I'll keep reading here in Exodus 20. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of Jehovah thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days Jehovah made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore Jehovah blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And we did read that, didn't we? In um, Genesis 2, verse 3, And God blessed the seventh day, and sanctified it. And to sanctify it means he set it apart. It was to be different than the other six days. The the first six days were work days. This day, however, the seventh day was different than the other six no work of any kind was to be performed on the seventh day. It, it, it is a blessing. It, God blessed the day and hallowed it. He sanctified it, made it holy it, over the other days of the week. It had a special significance and a special relationship to God. And as we've already talked about, the significance relates to salvation. The work of the Lord Jesus 
in saving a people for himself is, is, uh, what's in view with the, the, uh, work days with, with the six days thou shalt work points to God's work in creating the heavens and the earth and the host of them. And that in turn identifies with the spiritual creation of the, the celestial bodies as well as the earth. Remember, we mentioned this before, how God relates New Jerusalem with the New Earth. When he says, I'm married to the land, and the word land is earth. It, it, uh, it, 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 when in the book of Revelation, New Jerusalem comes down from above as a bride. And then in the chapter we read of the New Earth. It, uh, there's a close identification with the new heaven and the new earth and the elect people of God, the bride of Christ. And, and so when God created a new heaven or when he created the heavens and the earth, remember, we also, um, made mention of this previously in verse four of Genesis two. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that Jehovah God made the earth and the heavens. And I've made reference to Mr. Camping's little booklet, The the Glorious Garden of Eden, where he goes into some detail concerning the seeming redundancy of the statement. And yet, Mr. Camping pointed out that it, it involved the God, um, from the foundation of the world. It involved God establishing the, uh, the new heavens and new earth at the same, du- at the, uh, same point that he was creating this heaven and this earth. Or there was a close relationship to that. And that's because of the things we've been discussing, that Jesus was the light of the world, the day of salvation before there were the timekeepers. Christ uh, died and paid for the sins of his people, providing salvation already at the point of the world's foundation and, and therefore establishing the new heaven and new earth of the body of believers and establishing uh, as God then created the, the physical, the earthly uh, world and, and um, the, the things all around us today in the physical heavens above. Well, that, that is used of God as an example of the spiritual creation concerning uh, his people who will be as the stars of the heaven for multitude and and God worked six days to establish this physical heaven and earth and that points to the spiritual work of faith that the Lord Jesus Christ performed again before the world was this physical world he he took upon himself the sins of his people and made payment for those sins 
and then rose from the dead triumphantly, victoriously, and all of the chosen individuals were in him, and and thus he guaranteed their salvation. And and so we saw that um, Adam's formation from the dust of the ground was the finishing touch upon God's creation. And that was a picture of Jesus rising from the dead to be declared the Son of God and and, and the bride at Eve was in him. God counted her within Adam just as he counted the elect within the person of the Lord Jesus, the Son of God. And then immediately we go to rest. We go to the seventh day, and now it's time to rest. No more work is to be performed of any kind. You must rest because Jesus has done the work. He's already um, completed the all necessary requirements, all the work that that would be acceptable to God was performed by Jesus himself in in dying the death that the law demanded for sin and and that accomplished it that finished it all and we'll we'll look at that verse in Hebrews uh, a little later but first let's let's go to uh, Exodus 31 in Exodus 31 and beginning in verse 14 it says there you shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to Jehovah. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days, Jehovah made heaven and earth and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. The Lord continually refers back to the creation week, the 144 hours of forming all things, and then that seventh day of rest as the reason why man is not to work on the seventh day. It's a sign to mankind, a sign that was to be taken very seriously. And God commanded the death penalty for anyone who would break the Sabbath day and do work on that seventh day Sabbath. The Lord was so jealous and so protective of the seventh day Sabbath that in the wilderness sojourn, when a man went about picking up a few sticks 
to to make a fire to to do some cooking or whatever and he picked up those sticks on the sabbath day the law of god had only one decree for him let's read this we've made reference to it before i'm sure you're uh, familiar with it but in numbers chapter 15 it says beginning in verse 32 and while the children of israel were in the wilderness they found a man that gathered sticks upon the sabbath day and they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto moses and aaron and unto all the congregation and they put him in ward because it was not declared what should be done to him and jehovah said unto moses the man shall be surely put to death hold it let's stop a second and consider who said that you know it's not god's people that that uh, come up with these things out of our own minds when we're reading things from the bible the bible is the word of god moses was not quite sure uh, he he should have been but it were people and and moses was a person like we are a human being and and we tend to downplay certain sins and we think other sins are worse and after all this was just a few sticks he wasn't building a house he he wasn't trying to harvest anything he he was only picking up a few sticks so maybe god would not punish him as severely so moses um goes to the lord and and they put him in ward to find out uh, what should be done and the lord jehovah said unto moses the man shall be surely put to death all the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp that's the judgment of god that is the uh, condemnation of god and then in verse 36 and all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones and he died as jehovah commanded moses isn't it too harsh too severe we we have people today that certainly have done far more terrible things than picking up a few sticks on the sabbath day and they don't get the death penalty sometimes people kill other people today and they don't get the death penalty so living in our society where we're not following the laws of the bible and and in many areas this just seems way too much uh punishment it doesn't seem just to us that the condemnation would be death well first of all we have to uh keep in mind that the wages of sin any sin in the bible is death according to the law of god and god gave many laws that that we could read about in the old testament in the law of moses where the penalty was death in order to teach that the violation the transgression the breaking of the law of god brings death and uh, and that's what happens spiritually when man sins he dies 
and comes under the wrath of God subject to that second death and, and the final annihilation of his very being because he has sinned against God. And the law was given by God to show us our sin and to show us the penalty for sin. And, and so God's laws, whether, uh, where he, um, commands the death penalty, whether it be for adultery or for picking up a few sticks or for whatever law it might have been for, is a just law, a right law, showing that man is guilty of transgressing that holy um, line, that, that holy law that is not to be stepped over, the boundary that God has established with his word, the law of God, and stepping over that boundary, whether it be in eating of forbidden fruit, what was the penalty for that? In the day you eat thereof, ye will surely die. And it, it brought death upon mankind, another seemingly uh, small matter, isn't it, to, to just eat the fruit of a tree. But the big matter is God commanded, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Do any work on the Sabbath. This man broke the Sabbath, and the Sabbath God jealously guards and protects because it illustrates, it, it was given to show, to picture the, the wonderful fact that Jesus has done all the work, the faith of Christ in dying for the sins of his people, he has done all the necessary work. And man is to do nothing, not a single thing, not the littlest thing. It's always the edge of the wedge. Oh, we don't want to do a lot of work, you understand? We we don't want to dare uh, add any work or a lot of work to grace? Oh, no, we would not think of it. We know that we're saved by grace. However, in order to obtain that salvation, we'll just exercise a little belief. You you have to believe to be saved. You have to do the work of faith. The, the church tries to ignore the fact that the Bible calls faith a work, and and the Bible also says no man is justified by the works of the law. And when the, and the whole Bible is the law book. And so when God commands, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's a commandment of the Bible. It's a law in the law book. And trying to obey that law within the law book, the Bible is a work of faith. And and so to think, well, if I can believe, if I can believe on the Lord Jesus and exercise faith and and just contribute that little bit, of course, nothing else I can do, they would say, oh, you can't do anything. It's all by grace. Just that little bit. Just that little added work. And it, it's what man desires to do. 
he he desires to work to gain entry into heaven and god says no 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 work nothing that you do as a matter of fact if you attempt if you try the least bit of work if you pick up a few sticks on my sabbath day on the day I command you must rest, then here is the law for you. The penalty is death. You will die because God is showing forth in, in uh, about as serious a manner as he possibly could. He commanded, and, and this is an actual historical event, God took the life of this man in order to highlight to all men down through the centuries, the readers of the Bible, the readers of his holy word, how serious he is concerning not performing work, the least bit of work in regards to his Sabbath, to his rest. You, you are not to work. We read in Hebrews 4, in Hebrews chapter 4, God tells us in verse 1, let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. And them is referring back to Israel. They had the same gospel we do today, the gospel of grace, the gospel that uh, is available due to the faith of Christ. Well, God says the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as they have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. The Lord ties that rest to the work of Christ. It could only be Christ who finished the works from the foundation of the world. And that uh, relates to Revelation 13, verse 8, and the second part of the verse, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus was the sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb of God laid upon the altar. Melchizedek would have been the great high priest who also was Christ, who brought down the, the, the death blow upon the lamb who is Christ and killed him, slew him. And Jesus died. He was performing the work of faith at the foundation of the world for everyone that would ever become saved at any point in history, the whole company of the elect, 
and he died for them and then rose from the dead and was declared to be the Son of God. The work of faith was finished. The works were finished from the foundation of the world. There's another um, foundation of the world statement that uh, people who insist Jesus paid for sins in 33 AD can't explain. They, they can't explain how works could be finished. How can you, f- um, they, they, uh, uh, theologians attempt to say, well, Christ slain from the foundation of the world is a, uh, a statement made in principle. Well, how can works be finished in principle? And this word finished means just that, just as God used that word in Genesis, where he says he, uh, he finished the creation. After six days of work, he ended all his work. He finished his work of creation. Now comes rest. Well, as God created the world, the work was finished. And now was the rest made available for mankind, for God's elect, to enter into that rest. Not to do any work. There was no work left to be done. Only to enter in. And and that uh, relates to God's salvation program as it would go forth into the world. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.